0: is live in the locker room and Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the (laughs) Floresney. And and I don't know why, like we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, especially to the left side. And then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, there is some inconsistency. How are they
1: going to approach this game how are they gonna beat this Florida State
0: team? Well, we're gonna break you guys. Um, and, and, okay, uh, that's it. The show's over. In, 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 in the story, we're gonna break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's true.
1: Lord, the <laughs> climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. god,
0: I am sweating. I am... Look,
1: look at my heart.
0: Look. I, 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 I... Look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I have so much to say. All right. Welcome back to Seminole Sideline 365. We're here on a Friday night with you. Thank you for stopping by. We hope you're having a great week wherever you are. If you're like me, you're shoveling yourself out of inches of snow. If you're other parts of the country, it's probably a lot more snow. But we hope you're staying warm. Thank you for being with us. We're going to talk some FSU football and hopefully have a good time. How's it going, old man? What, where were you? hey is it, is it warm is, it's, it's, it's is it it's not
1: snowing in florida okay
0: not however yet. not
1: yet however yeah i actually i'm just starting to feel better better after two weeks of being kind of under the weather i actually broke through earlier in the week and started getting rid of the upper respiratory thing which i know a lot of people it's going around and yep. but i i didn't i canceled a doctor's appointment because they started feeling a lot better so actually my immune system you know through the adversity came back and, good, yeah. and and good, yeah. and knocked it out so actually i feel pretty good but we're supposed to play one of our uh, softball games on saturday but uh i told the coach i'm not gonna risk it because it was supposed to be really cold it's supposed to be like 30s or
0: 40s in the morning tomorrow you don't want to no you just don't want to play in the cold that you, you don't want to risk it you just don't want to play in the cold that's what, if some, that's some player, some. what if the florida state player said i went opt out of the game hey yeah,
1: hey you right. he can opt out uh, so i decided not to risk getting the upper infection again okay. and decided i would opt out and guess what happened this afternoon the what? game was canceled no, because of out. weather you because of out. weather actually so it's supposed to be really cold tomorrow morning so we lucked out our first two games have been weathered out but our starting pitcher picture, picture was not going to be there the last two games. So we kind of lucked out. And I lucked out. So it's all good. But it's nothing like it is up east where you guys are. Uh, you know, that's a real disaster. One thing I saw on the news, KB, this guy in a car comes around and tries to pass a semi-trailer truck, you know, on a snowy highway. And it's not a passing lane. It's, it's two lanes of traffic. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the guy comes speeding around, loses control of his car, and smashes into another tractor trailer. Yeah, that's who the crazy. hell does that?
0: It's, it's, it's nuts. It, it, it's no.
1: ridiculous. But I tell you, the uh, two weeks I've been down, I mean, look, the phone ringing. Look at this phone, buddy. You ever seen one of these? Look at this. Not for
0: a while. Not this for goes you may back. Be
1: in you. Yeah. This this is an official FSU phone. I love this thing. I don't think it's it these things called that the
0: burner phone. No no no. Yeah, look at yeah, look yeah. at the case though. Isn't that cool? Uh, that's, that's a classic. Were, that's back in the days when you had to. Well, when everybody had to buy minutes. You know, these days people go to the store and no, no, buy no, minutes no. on them. No, but that's back back in those days. You actually had to remember you only had so many minutes a month, so you had to buy them right now that was the thing i don't remember i remember that i remember it was like you only had so many text messages and you had to buy so you only had so many minutes this month
1: this is a classic this is is. a classic right here but oh yeah you remember well i remember when there were the first phones that came out portable phones was the bag phones right these big bags that you had to carry on like a like a purse you know it was unbelievable but uh yeah the phone's been busy for florida state right yep, the phone has, has been. been very busy and, and i have copious notes and and charts and uh, it's it's and we're going to talk about that yeah let, let's let's talking.
0: dive into it so we're going to talk about three different kind of things tonight we're going to talk about all the, the flurry of additions that we've had since we last spoke and, and talking about it as, as a whole because uh, I think there is a bit of a trend here, uh, a trend that we want to discuss and I want to discuss specifically. And you may disagree with that. Um, but to talk about what we've seen so far and what positions we've seen hits on and and where we may be missing at certain positions, not player wise, but where we may have needed to fill some holes before the spring. But we can talk about that. Uh, then we'll talk about setting the expectations, obviously, with the Alabama news and how that's affected Florida State and affected uh, Mike Marvell's bank account, uh, what are the expectations for 2024, and then we'll go and we'll talk about the latest on the uh, lawsuit and uh, with the ACC and, and where we're headed with that and uh, if Florida State is any closer to getting out of the ACC. So with that, let's dive right into the show and talk about what are what is going on in the portal and what is going on with what FSU is building and who they're targeting the portal. So I have Biggest thing that we look back on after the season, after season 24, is what would have happened if Nick Satan didn't retire? Because when you look at it, Florida State has grabbed what five players from Bama alone, and that has worked out for Florida State, right? You get Sean Murphy, you get Rodell Williams, uh, you get Terrence Ferguson, you get Blake Benson, you get five players from Alabama. Which you couldn't have been banking on before, because I don't know if those players leave, if Nick Saban does. Cause they, how many players has uh, has uh, Alabama churned out so far? They've lost, what, almost 30-plus players so far? Most of them, you know, highly rated players. I don't know if those players leave. You would expect some, uh, some churn out from programs like that, but Alabama has not seen churn like that in forever. And that is absolutely on Nick Saban retiring, a legend retiring, and Alabama basically having no NIL program set up. So with that, Florida State pounced. Oh, wait out. a minute, wait um, a minute.
1: You said they don't have an NIL a, program, a, a,
0: a sufficient NIL program. Yes. You really yes. believe that? Yes. Yes. Everybody is reporting that. Yes. Wow. Because I, I guess people,
1: I guess playing for Nick Saban was the NIL.
0: That's yes, what you got yes, when you came there. there players were willing to take a discount to play for Nick Saban, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay. Because they knew if they played for Nick Saban and got developed the right way, they were going to make a huge paycheck in the NFL. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay.
0: So, so Alabama's loss is Florida state's game and they get those five players, but what, you know, and I'm not going to play the what if game tonight, but that works. You know, if that doesn't happen, Florida state may be in a, in a weird hole right now, but it doesn't work that way. Florida state, Works out and they get they fill some position needs in that linebacker, running back, uh, you know, inside line, uh, inside line for uh, with Terrence Ferguson as well as receiver, uh, among uh, and cornerback with Earl Little Jr. So you you really make out with that. The biggest thing I'm noticing with this transfer class so far uh, of anything is that it's a mixture of a lot of multi year eligible players versus you going for and trying to find the next, uh, one-and-done uh, one, one and done guy that's high, high production, high cost with that. But you're not looking just to fill holes with high-performance high, high performance guys who have proven it, done it, and are looking to do one year, kind of what you would say, what you've said before, are mercenaries. Most of the guys that Florida State is getting right now or has gotten, I think it's 60-40 or, or whatever the split is, most of the guys on this roster that they brought in, One, are talented, are are talented from their high school ranks. And once again, we can talk about that and potential versus production. But you have brought in a lot of blue chip players onto this roster. And we talked about that, you know, uh, around December with the signing class and how Mike Norvell has done a great job of increasing the blue chip rate on this roster. Because that does make a difference. Let's not act like it doesn't. You need talent to win games. But in the case of Miami, they have a lot of talent on that roster. You have to be able to coach that talent, right? You have to be able to develop that talent. You can't just you know, grab a bunch of four stars and, and expect to show up and win. You do also have to be able to develop and coach that talent. And I do believe that Mike Norvell and his staff can do that. So that is kudos to them. But I believe it's 65 to 70% of the players that transfers the high school kids they brought in just in 2024, 70% of them are, are blue chip players, which is which is great which is a leading factor in why they have one of the top recruiting classes in the country right now when you take in transfers uh, into the equation. Now, the big thing to me, like I was pointing on, and I'll let you get a comment in, is that only six of the 14 players they've brought in so far has one year of eligibility left. So more than half of your players, around 60, uh, sorry, I can't do the fraction of my head, but more than 50% of the players you brought in, have two plus years left of eligibility. And I think that is massive to what the strategy of Mike Norville is. He's not playing, you know, and I'm not saying they're not playing for 2014, but I think he understood that, you know, he, he he's kind of playing from behind in terms of two, two high school classes ago, they didn't have the best recruiting class, right? They were in the top 25 and not the top 10. The year after that, they weren't in the top 10. This last year was the best recruiting class, the top 10 class that he's had when you had the blue chip talent. And I think to accelerate that process and to becoming a national championship contender every single year is we need to fill the holes. We need to churn out more of those three-star players we have on the roster quicker. And how do we do that? We get guys that have two or three years of experience on left on their roster and we develop them our way. And how do you do that? You get the Alabama kids, the Earl Little Juniors, the Malik Bensons, uh, the Roydell Williams, you get those players who have multiple years left, low production but high potential and you get them on your roster. So you 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 know you give up one year of eligibility on them but you have two or three more years left that you can do it your way get them into the system and it's just like you got them out of high school right And I think they are accelerating their development process and accelerating their and raising the uh, the floor of the talent on this team by doing the way they're doing it They're not going after the one- year mercenaries. And saying we need a bunch, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any one of your players at all. but I think what this team needed desperately was was to shed more of the three stars on this team and get what they just got was those four stars from Alabama, four or five stars from Alabama, the guys from Georgia including Marvin Jones, Jr., the kid from West Virginia who I believe has got, you know, I think it was a three or four star. But kids like that who are going to be in the system for a while, and they are going to produce not just this year, but in 2015 and potentially to the, 2026 as well for three up to three years. And I think that's huge. I'll, I'll let you get a word in. sorry about that.
1: Well, I, I think that's a that's a pretty good summary and analysis, KB, of of what you're suggesting is that instead of the one year guy coming in, plugging, plug and play right now, uh, one and done which was very common at the University of Kentucky basketball for a while. You know, yeah. it was one and done and to the pros, you know, because yeah. they had to meet the minimum requirements. Yeah, And he was rebuilding the team all the time. But you can see now that some of that has caught up with him, but, you know, a lot has changed as well. Yeah. You're right about the numbers. I mean, the one-year guys that have come in now, the one-year guys are uh, – Mm-hmm. DJ OE OE Ungale. See? O E Ungale. I've been practicing. There you go. DJ's a one year guy. And uh one of the Alabama guys, and that's uh uh Ro- Roydale Williams. Yep. And yeah. and you got a one year guy in Richie Leonard.
0: Okay. And so, so you yeah, on the Yeah, Richie
1: Richie Leonard. So there's three guys that are, you're really taking those guys as plug and play. Yeah. You needed a quarterback because you didn't have any experience in the room, okay? Yeah. Uh, except, you know, and some people may take take note of that, that I said no experience. Well, Brock Glenn still really doesn't have a lot of experience in my eyes. He's He's got a high potential, high ceiling, and those experiences that he's had now, the experiences in the ACC Championship, the uh, he got some time the experience uh, um, in the uh,
0: game. uh Georgia like game
1: yeah, yeah Georgia game even though that was a, just a, a, a you know uh, whatever the hell it was a controlled scrimmage uh, that I supported and you you supported people opting out on uh but you're right they've brought in and you and I have talked offline about the potential that there is more guys with potential than proven online, on-field performance, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if fans or us, I'm a little bit more conservative. I think you are too in our calls on this stuff. Are these guys ready to plug and play? Everybody that we've talked about on here, let's take Marvin Jones Jr. Huge upside on this guy from georgia you know Shaytree uh jones his dad the legacy guy I, I mean the question is he hasn't had that much on field performance you know uh in in an every down type situation or even a rotation you know how's he gonna do when he's playing what 30 40 50 snaps a game if he if he gets that rotation uh, And that applies to a lot of people, not just Marvin Jones Jr., okay? There's a number of guys on this list. I feel really comfortable with DJ, DJU, at quarterback. I think that is a great pickup, you know? I think that is a, I think DJU, we've talked about this, mature guy who can run this offense, can run this offense efficiently, efficiently and potentially uh match up the uh, what do we score average 30 some points 33 30 30 plus points points on average per game i think he can get close to that i think he can get 28 to 33 points you know in in in, in that regard so for me that is a huge pickup which which Mm -hmm. definitely had to happen in that regard now Let's see. The other thing will be uh, Rondell Williams from Alabama. Okay? The running back. He's a senior. This guy has proven on the field good, solid performance. And he is a tough guy. These guys are motivated by what? This is it. This is what they have to put on tape. And so they want very good performances to get to the next level so every game they're going all in they're going to work their asses off in spring they're going to prepare over the summer and when they hit fall camp they're all in because now their resume is being put out there now the other guys the question is out of these other guys how much contribution do we see but i kind of like the way the staff does it they kind of rotating guys through, especially on the defensive side. And on the offensive line, there's kind of a rotation there as well. Maybe seven, eight deep, you know, in in, in the offensive line. The defensive line, generally, they're, you know, on the interior, they're going four deep. On the edges, they're going four, uh, you know, to get rotations. I think these guys are going to get a lot of playing time. The question is... How do you satisfy all the mouths that came in, okay? And how do you satisfy the mouths of the guys that are already on this football team, okay? Now, we're all in. Uh, I'll give you an example, and I'll get your comment. On the wide receiver room, on the wide receiver room, it is, you want me to go through the names here?
0: I I mean, you got
1: Douglas, Point, Portier, Span, Josh Burrell just went out. They're he right here.
0: They're all right here. He I went out. Right there.
1: Uh, you got Hill, you got Williams, you got Jacobs, you got Moore,
0: uh, Fry, Gibson, McCoy. I got him on the screen. Yep, Malik yeah, Malik Benson. You got yeah. I, I think that is And what's gonna
1: happen at the end of spring? How many guys and that's another show. But I'm just projecting. It is it is Got to be. This is where Florida State wanted to be, like Alabama or a Georgia. There's so much competition every day. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you're you're
1: competing thing. for spots, and if you're not one of the top guys, you will either stay and work harder, or you're going to leave. And well, that's, yeah. and that's what you want to be in. And that's right? where
0: you can't care if somebody leaves or not. No, point. and that's and that's like like you said, we wanted to get to a point where we don't care if people leave or not. It, and we you know, wish
1: them well when they do leave
0: yeah but you can't you you can't care the the only thing is is that you don't want uh an Alabama situation where like your entire team leaves but that that is a one-off situation yeah that's a coach that's coach, a coach. head coach but,
1: rebuild but
0: Right. if you have churnouts and, and and that's going to happen it most likely will happen in the spring with the receivers when you have 13 receivers on signed because these all these guys aren't going to play and you you probably can't afford to carry all these scholarships into the fall. Uh, you no, know, you're going to find out who stands out come spring practice and, and, and who's going to, it could be the freshman because look at, look at all, everyone you have, you have five seniors battling for a spot and all five of those seniors are going to want to show what they have in their final year. Whether that's due <laughs> spam or Kentron or Darian or Jakai. I think Jakai will probably stay because they just brought in his brother regardless. Um, and Jalen, uh, Lucas, but, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of and Malik Benson's a senior and you brought him in to show what he's got. Um, but you have you, it's a weird mix, too, because you have five, you know, six seniors and then you have everyone else is a sophomore or freshman. So you have this divide between a lot of underclassmen and a lot of people on the cusp of graduating. So it, it'll be interesting who wins out because it's a lot of young, 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 very young, very high potential a lot of guys who who have their last chance to to show what they have but you have everybody on that team right there and that receiver list has less than 250 yards I I think less less than 300 yard career yards receiving the two highest guys I believe on your career receiving yards is I believe Ja'Kai Douglas and then Jalen Jalen Lucas who's not even listed a receiver he's got more and they list him as a running back Cause that's what he like did both at Indiana. He played as a running back and as a receiver, but they don't even list him as a receiver because they'll probably gadget him as a running back. Well, was where, where
1: was some of those kick return yards? that no, were not they counted him on the as running a, back. They use yeah. him
0: as a running back, yeah. Um, but they also yeah. use him as a receiver. Well, too.
1: let's 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 um, use this list since you have it up. Deuce Span is not going to be a starting receiver, he's probably I, not
0: ready to say that. Because well, I am. No i ready to bet- say I that. I can't say anyone else is better than him. L- L- look at
1: his stats from 23 on, as all receiver. Stats. Look at all okay. their
0: stats. You can look at all their stats. The leading receiver okay. I, I'm in the year is Ja'Kai Douglas. He you know, I'm has I'm just 250 venturing, yards. I'm
1: just venturing a uh, 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 guess. Uh, you know, I don't see Deuce Band as the starting wide receiver on this football team. Uh, uh, Kentron, I do. Okay, Kentron, this is his year. This Is it? I think Kentron, if he isn't getting a lot of work and sees himself as a starter coming out of spring, he, he I could see him. He, he's gone, okay. I think, but he's going to be a one or two. Uh, Darian Williamson, same thing. Uh, Darian's been injured. Uh, I, I don't know if he's a th- true competitor in the room. Jakai Douglas, I like his hands. He's kind of that slot guy I really like. I think he's going to play a lot. Yes. Uh, I don't know uh, enough about Malik Benson. Well, he is I'm so Yeah, not a man. yeah, yeah. Hakeem Williams is the guy. We liked him when he was on the field, his blocking downfield. He's a tough guy. He was willing to do the blocking. He was willing to do the dirty work. I think he's going to be a real competitor and could be a starter on this team. Destin Hill is kind of still the unknown for me. Yeah. Uh, you I, know, I a think, guy with I mean, a Michael lot Williams of potential.
0: Same boat. I, I think they both have to show what they have. They're yeah. both highly, highly, highly rated, and they need to show something.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, Van Jacobs, eh, I don't know. I think he has good upside. Can he get enough reps to show off? But when you when he does, he needs to show off. Jalen Brown, another guy. Is that McCoy, Elijah Moore. These guys, the freshmen, true freshmen, not going to see the field a lot, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think the bottom of the list, you know. I those, think that's a fair
1: teams, opinion, don't yeah, you? Yeah, or these not? guys,
0: I, you know, it'd be great, but I, I don't think unless you lose four guys on this list, these guys are probably going to see the field unless they, they stand out above the rest and they're like elite, 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 and they're not dropping anything. I don't see any, anyone. A- and better. they
1: may get rich it.
0: Exactly. Some of them, a couple
1: of them could get richer. Exactly.
0: But I, I think really what you need to see is someone like Hakeem Williams or Dustin Hill live up to their star ranking and, and really step up. They've had a year to develop under Norvell, learn right. the offense. They need right. they need to be one of the guys that steps up as number one or two receiver.
1: Because what do we know now, KB? We know every year now there's a ton of receivers that go into the portal that have decent on-the-field production. And Flores okay? hey, didn't
0: pick any of those guys up. No, I know. They decided to say – we are going to stick with what we have with what and we also invest in high potential guys down the road. And that's what they right. did. They, they and, said, uh, okay, or, and they saw Malik Benson, they said, you, we think that you can, we, and what they strategically did was, is they went after guys who have a lot of speed too. They wanted to bring more speed into this They want to
1: stretch the field. They yes. want to stretch the field, which opens things up, not only in the running game, but on those under, under safety routes as well. So yeah, I think, so they I think a, it's
0: smart. They went from a big team with Johnny Wilson and, and Keon Coleman to, a, right. like you said, a very speed oriented team, which they they brought that in. And I do believe DJ is, I think DJ is a, a little bit more accurate quarterback than Jordan Travis probably is in terms of passing, delivering the football. And so I think that's a little bit of that, that's transition too. Like you already had pieces who were big you're being recruited as a receiver for Jordan Travis to throw to. And I do believe that DJ brings that dimension of being a little bit more of a, a little bit more of an accurate passer and who can deliver that football personally. And so I think that they're, they're bringing weapons to utilize him in that way. And like you said, it will open up the field more and will stretch out that defense to allow you to run the ball a little bit more effectively too. Now, what
1: What I've read about DJ too, is that he likes he likes the pro set a little bit more under center as well, and play action. And I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna be very interesting to see if Mike Norvell plays to his quarterback's strength, which I think that's what you do. It
0: typically does.
1: Uh, yeah, it typically. typically does. So to see, uh, I think for this quarterback too, who does not scramble as well as Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis could make a lot of things go with his legs. D.J. will run the ball, but I think he wants to show too the pro style. You know, uh, not only taking it out of the shotgun, but also from up under center. Play action with the with the running backs that we have now. The play action freezes linebackers, right, yeah. and it opens up those routes behind them as well. So if you can get that running game going, do the play action. You have a very experienced quarterback with these weapons in the receiver room. I, I, I'm feeling pretty good with that at this point, even though there isn't a tremendous amount of production. But we've had a lot of players come in with not a lot of production and who did very well.
0: Yeah, and, and that was the thing that was scaring me before um, because I, I thought we should go for at least one veteran receiver to, to pair up DJ.
1: You're thinking a Keon Coleman type. Got yeah. It.
0: But then, but then, like you said, we've brought in guys like Trey Benson and, you know, we, we, oh, we've brought in guys. guys before that haven't necessarily had uh proven production and gotten things out of them. So I, I don't doubt that this team, this coaching staff can't get development, you know, can't develop guys or get them to the next level. It just scares me in a receiver room where, you know, guys, you know, it's a very skill oriented position and you're, it's a new quarterback New quarterback, new receivers who haven't played together. It's not like right. you know, these young guys, you know, it's not like Kentron deuce have been playing with a scout team with you know Brock Len. It, it would it, in my mind, it would have been different if Brock Len was going into next season as a quarterback and they would have that chemistry a little bit. Right. DJ Use a, a new quarterback in the system with new receivers, stuff like that. Not to say they won't work with each other, but also in my mind. DJ is a guy who's been there and done that. He's done this with different programs, different teams, with young receivers, old receivers. It's not his first day at the office, right? So I do think that he will work hard with these receivers to get the most out of them. And I do think that is one other reason why Mike Norvell felt comfortable enough to say we are going to go after the right people for the system to match you with versus just going for the guy that has – you know, 1,200 yards, career yards matching up with, right? That may not necessarily fit what we want to do in this offense. So I think this is a, a kind of a kudos for what they believe in their quarterback to say, we're going to get the best guys who not only are going to fit for you today, but will fit for this team later on. Yes. And, 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 and because we believe what you can do in, in, in this offense with these players around you. um, And, and so I think that's kudos for DJ and, and what they believe in him and why they brought him into this offense. They, they believe in him that much that he'll elevate this room. Uh, and get the most out of these young guys, as well as the veteran guys like Kentron and, and Darian Williamson. But like I said, I think this room will change. I, I think mm. two, three, maybe four receivers from this room will leave. Um, but there's only a few of these guys that can. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think Ja'Kai will with Jalen Lucas coming in. I don't think, you know, I, I you know the no, young guys. They just not going
1: to leave. Yeah, and He's these young
0: guys, leave. these freshmen, they just came in aren't going to leave. So there's only, honestly, six or seven guys that could leave. Um, you know, I and I, I don't think so. I, I think you may be a loose two or three, but um, I, I think most of the room will stay intact. Um, and I think it's, like I said, a very talented room, but we need to see some of that talent emerge because we've always said, this is Kentron's year. This is Kentron's year. This is Kentron's year. Well, Kentron, this is your year. This is your final year. You need to, you know, you are going to be in the rotation. There's no doubt in my mind that you will be in the rotation. You need to show the tools that you've got. And he's shown he, those flashes. He shown, exactly. He's shown the flashes. You saw in the Georgia game. The biggest play of the game for the offense was that bomb that Brock Glenn threw to him that he caught for 60 yards, I believe, was right to the three-yard line. Of course, we couldn't punch it in for the touchdown. But, you know, he caught a great ball from Brock, Brock Glenn. And I think that was a glimpse of what this offense could do if you get a guy that can pump the ball down and get it because he beat the DB for Georgia, the starting DB, he got behind him and and Brock Glenn delivered a beautiful ball to him. So if we can do things like that consistently, and we brought in all the speed. I think that is a glimpse of what this offense could look like next
1: year. Well, it also, I think, it's also going to open up these underneath routes, yeah. like you say, with the speed guys stretching the field. They're going to yeah. have to respect that.
0: We didn't and, see a lot of and, that last yeah. year. No, we,
1: we we did not. We, uh, did we not would scream
0: that. about why didn't we throw it underneath a lot more last year, like, right? It, and right. dump it down. And I don't know if that's Jordan see it as much, or it wasn't yeah. just available to him, or they call it. And,
1: and remember, remember, we got a pretty good tight end room too you know uh you know Morlocks back he's got great hands i'd like to see him get more balls to be honest i'd like to see that happen uh we've got some young talent in there you've got uh Jackson West is still uh, I d- think. D- developing you got uh, Laden Th- Lay- Thomas uh you know who's supposed to be a lot of upside uh uh you know so uh, here's the other thing KB Remember, at the end of spring, when everybody starts to change teams again, yep. there may be a receiver out there that they pick up. Okay. This to me is Mike Norvell is saying, I'm always playing for the next year. Every coach always thinks, I'm always, you're in this year, but you're also playing for the next year. So his thinking is that, but he is also thinking, win now. Let's yeah. not, let's oh, not, no. he's not, I, I, he, you know, he is now a $10 million man and he's one of the highest paid coaches in college football, he must meet the expectations of the fan base, which is you must be in the playoff every year.
0: No, uh, you're totally right. And I think you did see, you saw some of these moves last year in the transfer portal, like, you saw a lot of win now moves and you saw a lot of let's build sure. for later. So sure. you saw Keon Coleman was a win now move. You saw Braden Fisk was a win now move. You saw Casey Roddick was a win now move. You saw Jaheim Bell was a win now move. But then you saw the let's build for later. So you saw Justin Cryer was a young linebacker that, you know, was a freshman. Let's build, we need to build up our linebacking room. Let's bring him in from Northwestern. You saw, you know, Ventrell Cypress had multiple years talented guy, all ACC at UVA, you you know, he's coming back this year. DeAndre Jones, Jeremiah Byers, they're coming back for another year, Um, which you, you would be in trouble on the offensive line. If you didn't have that depth, that rotation, you may not think they're elite guys, but they do are coming back. You get them for multiple years. Kyle Morlock, you would be in trouble. If you didn't have him coming back for another year, Daryl Jackson, you may have not had him come, but you have him for another year because I had homes once again. So you DJ saw that-
1: Lundy has come back and he was a productive linebacker for this. But he team wasn't last year. Year. I'm talking about transfer. I'm no. Okay. Transfer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: But I'm talking about, so you're seeing that mixture of win now guys versus and the build for later guys, the guys that can right. give you those multiple years. And so right. I think the way that they approach the transfer portal is good. You're seeing the instant impact guys mixed with the guys that can give you developmental years, as well as, you know, in two years, they may be ready to play, or they can be rotational guys. And so I think Mike Norvell has done a really good job of mixing these guys in, as you can see here from last year, uh, with the guys that we expect to play this year. But back to what you said with the tight end room, I do think that is one area of concern, but it's another area that they are expecting development. We expect we are going to need some guys to step on the receiver room because they're all mostly, there's a lot of young guys on that room, but there's a lot of uh, untapped potential guys that will need to get more than 200 yards career to, to be successful this year. Tight end is another room like that. Kyle Morlock had what close to 300 yards this year. Um, he had some flashes, but once again, he's he's not he wasn't used to the division one uh size, I think sometimes, right? Of using his body blocking sometimes. Um, whereas Jaheim Bell was playing in the SEC before Florida State. Uh, Jackson West was hurt a lot last year. Brian Courtney, you know, is moving around, right? Sometimes playing linebacker, sometimes yeah. playing tight end. Um, and then you bring in, uh, you know, Leighton Thomas is the, you know, five-star, four or five-star tight end. So this is a room that is going to be based solely on what this development looked like year over year. Kyle like could be a stud. I think the guy has great hands. You saw it multiple times when he caught some of the scene passes down the middle of the field, which from Jordan. Um, but you need him to really develop over the summer and over the spring and get bigger and get strong, and get more physical and be able to you know, make some blocks um, and be a, a every down kind of guy. Yeah,
1: your, your point. Your point is well taken. If yeah. you look at the elite football teams around the country, they generally have a very effective tight end system working for them. You know, look at yeah. Georgia. We don't need to get into that. You've had great tight ends there. You've had good tight ends. Ohio State. Uh, Ohio Miami's State. had
0: good tight ends. Yeah. So, been good. Yeah. so that, you know,
1: that, that just puts so much pressure on the defense. If you're stretching the field and then you've got a good effective tight end situation, you've got a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and you have a balanced running game, you, you know, you're loaded. There's no reason this team, with the talent on this team, that they can't be that effective i really believe that and i i take a conservative view of things but i still go back kb to the menace that i always talk about and that menace is the offensive line Mm -hmm. i'm always concerned about where we stand there have we made improvements in the portal in your opinion at this point
0: so I've read other articles and once again, I'm not a media insider. So I read all the articles and get their feedbacks from various people, which I find interesting. Um, I do think they have, um, I don't, like I said, and we said, I said this a show or two ago. I don't think this line is going to get, I don't, I don't expect it to make a leap next year, but I expect it to stay the same. If it, you know, I expect it to be the same, you know, stay and that that was good enough to win you the ACC and was good. enough And win, to every, game. Yeah, and win every game. Yeah. Whenever game and, and, and should have the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which maybe that is, maybe that is very good. Maybe that is elite level, but I think, uh, I think it's, it's going to be probably the same as next year. Right. Who did you, who do you lose? You lose Casey Roddick. Um, is, is your starter, is your only starter that you're losing this, this year? Is that correct? Maybe, uh, someone correct uh, me who me? transferred
1: out, uh, uh, who transferred you
0: out you lose manual. Yeah. And you lose Casey Roddick. Yeah. Starting wise. Right. Uh, you know, that's really it. So, you know, and, and, and everyone else is coming back. So look at everyone. You you bring in, you have 16 offensive linemen this year. A lot of seniors. Look at all the seniors on the list. Robert yep. Scott, Jeremiah Byers, Keon J. Jones, Jones. Marcus, uh, uh, Marcus Smith, uh, Maurice Smith, sorry, Darius Washington. And then look who you bring in. Richie Leonard, who was a starter, you know, starter at Florida, playing the SEC. I think he's a very pretty talented guy who either will compete for the guard position or be a rotational. Uh, oh, uh, he, he, he has to be. Oh, he. I think no, he will. But I think that's a great pickup by Florida State. Definitely right. approve that. Terrence Ferguson, Richard Jr. Not a high snap guy, but a by all accounts a talented guy. Um, I think the good part is is that he she should compete for a position. If but if anything, he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body, right? So it's not a guy that's been injured four or five times already, or has had a thousand snaps in his career. This is a guy that has had a high a floor guy. That should be able to come in and be a rotational quality piece, if not compete in the spring for a spot, spring and fall for a spot. And then look below. You have some of those talented pieces that Atkins has recruited successfully. Jo- Julian Armella, Richard sophomore, Jalen Early, right. Lucas Simmons. Right. At some point, I think these guys, Brian Tenestes was a four-star, right? These three guys, I believe, need to be ready this year to be able to plug in. That is my that is my personal thing. Jalen Early, Julian Armella, Bryson Estes need to be able to compete this year. So I think you really right now are if you uh, these guys need a year to go, to develop though. So, so that's six guys. So you are ten deep right now in my opinion, and I think that's good. I think you're ten deep, and now I'm not as knowledgeable to say well this guy plays guard, this guy's in you know inside offensive line. But I think you have ten quality guys right now. And, I, I, and once again, I'm not in the locker room. I can't say Julian Armella is ready to play, but Jalen Early, Julian Armella, Brian Estes, based on their grading in high school and based on what they were brought in to do by now, should be ready to play in year three, right? This is three years of development. This is four years of development. You know, these guys need to be ready to play. So that's 10 deep. I don't feel as bad about the offensive line based on the two moves they brought in. I wouldn't mind if they brought in another guy, but I think right now I feel okay that they can produce what they did last year. That's my opinion. What are your thoughts? Oh, I lost the old man. Uh, so what do you guys think? I, I think I think based on what I just said, that the offensive line can reduce at a good or average to good-ish level based on those 10 players right there. I might be counting wrong. Um, but but that's that's my basic opinion on that. Um, like I said, one more guy I wouldn't be mad at. One more veteran type guy to compete for a spot, or even a younger piece. If you can get one of these another Bama kid to uh to come over, if he's a freshman or sophomore that wants to come in and develop for a year under Atkins and, and be ready to play next year and compete. Because look, you are going to lose six players next year. What six players on this line? That's the scarier part, I think, for Florida State is you're going to lose six offensive linemen due to eligibility next year, and. Florida state has not, and, and look who's behind them. You don't have a bunch of, you only have two sophomores, you know, all these guys next year, the guys I just kind of highlighted, all those guys, all these guys need to be ready to play next year. And you have a lot of freshmen who need to be ready to play a sophomore. So that's the scary part. I would not mind if Florida state was able to get one or two more younger guys, sophomores who are ready to develop, because that is the part that should be more scary is that in 2000, 15 or 2025, excuse me, you're gonna lose a bunch of guys on the offensive line. But for now, I think we, we are good to go. We are good to go. Now, flipping on to the other side, because we just talked offensive line. We look at defensive line. So look at defensive line. I think you know, you know, great defensive line players. Then I'll flip over to uh that. So you got edge rush, you know. Look at you got Marvin Jones Jr., you got Sanoe, I'm I'm not I'm gonna mispronounce the name. You got Snowy Lo, uh, Lolohea. uh Um you got Tomoya from West Virginia. You got these three guys. I think the edge position, I don't think you're going to be able to replace what you, you had in Jared Verse. I I mean that's you know, you brought in three really good players, right? And like this article says on 24 7, highly graded players. The kid from west virginia he had really good production albeit it was against his biggest games were against some lower level competition or not you know not as high competition But so i think that guy that guy like he's been quoted to say he's not coming in to be a rotational piece he wants to come in to be a starter and i love that from that kid saying that and that guy you have for three three years i believe which i which once again i love marvin jones jr once again Hasn't had a lot of playing time, but has very high upside. The kid from Oregon State is the guy I think will be your starter, and I think that's a good piece because he does—he has a proven track record of what he's done on the field. But I don't think he's Jared Verse. Do I think he can give you very solid games? hundred percent. But I don't think you are going to replace Jared Verse production or a guy that's going to potentially potentially garner double teams like Jared Verse did at times, right? So you are, you know, you're trying, you're bringing in three guys to replace the hole that Jared verse brought uh, that Jared hole, Jared verse leaves. But I do like, I love all these pickups because I think in the long term developing two of these guys, Marvin Jones and the kid from Western Union will be great for you because these, these could be very, very, these could be all ACC kids in two years from now under, under Odell and, and development. And I think the kid from Morgan state is a great plug and play piece right away. Based on his track record. So I'm okay with this. And 24-7, they give him a, a, the an A grade on the defensive end piece. I I would give it a B plus. The thing that kills you, if you could have could have gotten the kid from Purdue, the Nick Scorton, I believe his name was, that was that is your Jared Verse replacement. That is your one for one replacement in my eyes. If you could have gotten Nick Scorton, uh Scorton, I believe he went to Texas AM, I believe it was. If you could have gotten that guy. That's your one for one. That's that's your A plus. That's your A grade. But I think getting these three guys to try to replace that impact, and once again build for the future, I, I think it's very very well done in my eyes. So I'll, I'm not going to complain about that. And then you look on the defensive t- tackle side. You know you're pretty good there. Brayden Fisk. Once again, you're looking to replace a massive hole that Brandon Fisk leaves you, and I think. You know, I don't know if Brandon Fisk gets enough credit for what he did last year. Oh, he was a monster. Yeah, you go back and watch those games and you just put the camera on that guy, the motor and what his pursuit and his push. I mean, if you don't bring him in, I, I think he just makes Fabian Lovett's impact actually be felt. You know, two years ago, we were talking about, well, Fabian Lovett's got hurt. Da, da, da. And, you know, Fabian Lovett's doing all this and that. I think Brandon Fisk was, I think... Braden Fist is Fabian Lovett's best friend because I think without that, without Braden Fist next to him, I don't think Fabian Lovett's impact is felt as much this year. And I think he would agree with that. Those guys You know Fabian great. Lovett,
1: you know Fabian Lovett didn't start one game last year?
0: Uh no. That's, I that's looked at
1: the stats, the official stats, and he was not a starter in one game. Now he was a wrote, rotation. I mean yeah. he, he, you know, I don't, I don't know as much. what his snap. average snap. I know, but I find that kind of interesting because in some matters, people say, well, how many starts, you know, you see that thrown around a lot. I'm yeah. not saying it's a crucial thing, but he didn't. Braden Fist started, I think, just about every game. So yeah, I, 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 think think Braden Fisk, I think Braden Fisk was our best inside defensive lineman on this football team last I, year.
0: I, I would agree. But I, I do think most that they, consistent. I think the entire him and Lovett were a great compliment to each other. And then oh, what the no edge did, that's why no. that line was so dominant. Because what Farmer no and KB. Burst did together yeah. with it was just that was one of the best defensive lines we've had yeah. in a very long time.
1: Yeah, no and, doubt KB. Now I th- I think your same logic is gonna apply to Pat Payton on the end. Marvin Jones. And whoever else is rotating on that side, right? Yeah, they need and, and, to have and, a good a good year because Pat Payton wants to have a great year. And and if 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 they're weak on one side, they're going to double team the other guy. So yeah,
0: and, and that's you know, and, and that's what I just said. I said I think the kid from Oregon State will be your plug and play piece, and I don't think he'll be able to replace Jared Verse, but he'll be able to do enough to maintain. And I think Marvin Jones. And the kid, Tommy Wall uh, well from West Virginia, will come along, but those guys will be able to develop over two, three years and be great pieces for you potentially. So, yeah, I, okay I,
1: I think our front four this past season was able to generate enough pass rush that we didn't have to blitz just frequently. You know, we blitzed strategically, but if you don't generate that pass rush up front, you must start blitzing, which opens up. Your defense, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then on the defensive back like back to that, you know, you lose, like we talked about, Fabian Lovett, Braden Fist, which can't be understated. The only guy we brought in so far are Grady Kelly from Colorado State, who is a productive kid there. You know, he was a all-conference selection, I believe, his freshman year. He's a redshirt um, junior. Yeah, so you, he's got, I think, one or two years left. He's got two years um, left. Which is good. Um, you know, he once again, he's not Braden Fisk. He, he's, a, I, I think, a little undersized Um but he has production. This is a guy that will be a rotational piece. Like, I think he's a he Florida also. kid. He's a yeah. Florida kid. But he's not Braden Fisk. Let's let's get that straight. No, he's not Braden no, Fisk. No. But you did that because you like what you have. You have Daryl Jackson finally coming back. You saw a little bit of him in the Georgia game. You have Farmer, which you didn't know if he was coming back or not. Um, but it looks like he is. Um, and then you like what you have Daniel Lyons, a young player. And then you have young guys like Keith Sampson. Uh, along with some other defensive tackles that are young, so once again, you're you're banking on what you have along with the young younger development of guys you've recruited, like Daniel Lyons and Keith Sampson. You need those guys to step up. You did lose Malcolm Ray, which is why you brought in Grady Kelly for for the most part, right? You, it's a one for one kind of right. Ma- Malcolm Ray, who, right. who was a decent player, but you know, once again, not an all ACC type player. And Grady Kelly's, you know, you like the upside and you like that you have multiple years of them. So it's a one-for-one. One. I would like, I would have liked to see you bring in either a you know, a blue you know, a, a blue chip type player. Once again, you saw what having a brain fist type player could do for you interior-wise. You know, I would have liked to see if they could have gotten someone like that. Not to not not that I don't like Grady Kelly, not that I don't like that pick. But could you have swung someone like that? Could you have made a deal to get... Was there anyone available in that interior position that you could have swung like that? That could have been a compliment to Farmer and Jackson. Because you're really banking on... If you like your rotation, if you like to rotate guys in and out, you're really banking on Lions and Samson being ready next season. You are banking on those young kids ready to be able to step in next year. Or you're expecting Kelly to really break out. So... I think that that'll be because, like you just said, that line really, really made things run last year. It, it, it made the linebackers be effective last year. Your veteran linebackers be effective, which helped out the defensive backs behind them. And that, and that that defense, like we all forgot, you know, we forget that defense didn't give up a passing touchdown for the last like three or four games last year because it was humming so well. And so and, I, and, and I
1: think you bring a good point that this line in 2024 needs to come alive pretty quickly, okay? Because your linebacker core is young. Yes. And it's inexperienced at this point. And we really have potential there. We have potential, but we don't have besides DJ Lundy, who we always said is not really a true starter. Well, he's the grandpa in there now. He's the guy with the most experience and he is right now. He's your leader in the linebacker room. Who else would be the leader of that room? No one. And,
0: and yeah, and that's where I disagree with this article. Is that they give the additions from Florida State at a B plus right now, and the only guy you've added is the kid from Alabama, Sean Murphy. And, and like I said, yeah, he has almost no but so high fast. ceiling potential. He has I'm, potential, but right. no production. Right. And you need to bring in guys that have actual production because you lost them. You lost Bethune. Especially
1: them. if you're, your up front guys aren't getting the job done, then it's going to put more pressure on the linebackers. If the offensive linemen don't have to be uh, playing around with your defensive line guys, they're going to go to the second level and then they start taking out your linebackers, and then you got a problem. So yeah, no fact, it's going to be interesting. Period.
0: You saw that preview in the Georgia game. You you're saw right. when, you know, you were missing your front seven, you know, your front lo- defensive line, and you had your young linebackers in. It doesn't look pretty, you know. And you know, and I'm not saying that that's going to be the script next year, but you know, when you're playing younger guys on on the front and the, the middle of the field, and you're playing you're playing Blake Pickleson, and Justin Cryer and you know, Omar uh, Omar Graham. And you've only brought in, you know, you got DJ Lundy back, but, you know, he, he's not your, the best coverage linebacker. He's a great uh, run stuffer. He's, he, you know, he can do that. But you've only, and then you brought in Sean Burford, who I, is absolutely a talented guy. But once again, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't well, gotten the snaps on the field. It, it's, it's concerned to me that you haven't yet. And that's not to say they won't. I'm just looking at this period of time. I, I do think that they, they should be. If they aren't, I believe they still are looking for the right guy or two, whether it's in the, probably in the spring now, that they'll bring in as a veteran in this room. Because right now, they, they just do not have enough snaps in this room to make me feel comfortable at, at, at what's there. Because like you said, the veteran in the room is just DJ Lundy. It, it's, he's like the grandfather of the room, and everyone else is a, is a kid. And he had
1: good production last oh, no. season. I, I looked I at his he's numbers. A good he's a player.
0: Yeah, He's not, elite. He's not, he, he's, he's not he's an elite he He's not guy. an elite guy. Right. Um, but he can get the job done. But he, he, he is going to gonna
1: play a lot of football. And if he were to get hurt, you're screwed. He, he, then you're going to have to see guys really step up and they're going to have to step up quick. If yes. not, people are going to try to run the ball down your throat. And yep. when they do that, that opens up the pass game big time against you because – your 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 safeties have to come up they have to help support and and so on so it's going to be interesting i think the defensive side worries me more than the offensive side despite the great potential guys we have brought in which my count is 14 transfers have come in now that's the number i have
0: i think it's 16. 16 uh, i'm missing a couple here Maybe, uh, you may be Okay, right. um, it's all right. I have but,
1: 14, but that's all right. But the it defensive doesn't matter. Side,
0: the defensive side is where you do see the inexperience of the guys you're bringing in. Because you, we just talked about the linebacker. You bring in Sean Murphy where you need experience, and you don't really get that. Um, but he's going to compete for a starting spot. Because I think anyone you bring in is going to compete for a starting spot. Um, you then look at defensive back. And this is another position where I, at first I didn't know if we needed, we needed depth at defense. I think act. we're loaded there. But but when you look look at the depth chart here, and this is this is you this is guys That's that you're going to be losing. One. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're losing Akeem Dent. Yeah. You're losing Renardo Green. You're losing Jaron Jones. You're losing your three starters there. You're getting Ventral Cypress back, which is great. Yep. You're losing your three starters here. Great starters here. Freshmen. He will be a sophomore. Greedy Vance is coming back. Kevin Knowles, which you know, yeah,
1: he's still he's gaining not experience. very good. He's not well, really good
0: at Florida, play- you know, But he's—I yeah. don't think he's a great player for what if a championship-level team, unless he develops in the season. But you need to get better at at this position. This is going to be a true sophomore. This is going to be a you know a true uh, Richard sophomore. So the idea was is you're, you're losing a bunch of guys. Now you're bringing in some. You're bringing in some true freshmen who are talented you're bringing in four defensive backs right well i,
1: think, I think thomas th- thomas is going to push for a starting role on the yeah. other side you know he's not going to be playing behind cypress I, I, I don't so, see that
0: I, yeah I, I i think some people thought that you may need to bring in one one or two vet like more veteran guys or, or one or two defensive playmakers to allow the you don't want to rush the you know the the you know some of those freshmen you just signed to go right into starting sponsor compete. Now maybe that's the plan. That's why you sign a for a high four or five star guy, blue chip well, guy I, I, high school. I, I'll be honest. Be
1: I'll be honest with you. If some of these guys that have come in from Alabama, okay? Cuz it's Alabama. You yeah. know, the the fan expectation and what we've read, uh, you know, you peruse the media, I peruse the media and everybody's falling in love. We're raiding Alabama and we're taking all these guys. And I I think the the fan base believes these guys are going to come in and start making huge contributions like they were starters out there at Alabama. Don't get us wrong here. I think these guys have outstanding potential. The question is, can they get into the rotation and start playing meaningful minutes? And, And because they're, you know what, KB? They almost have to. They almost have to because you're going to have some injuries back there. These guys have to grow up now really fast. I think they've had excellent training at Alabama, without a doubt. I think they've had excellent competition at Alabama, without any doubt. I think they have high ceiling potential, without a doubt. The question is, they're going to be thrown more into the fire because why would you bring these guys in if you didn't think you're going to get something out of them in the next two seasons?
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And and I think you brought up the point there is that you are getting guys that you know have had a high bar of training. Like you're not bringing in guys from a program you're not sure about,
1: right? Marshall or oh, well, Toledo. Not, I don't want to
0: throw something. No, I'm just right saying it's yeah, different. But you know that it they're getting be. the best the best training. I think the connection here, like many have pointed out, is that Patrick Sertan coached both of these players. They brought in he in, knows in high them, school, right? And so he knows them people question Devontae Brown from Miami in that he wasn't necessarily the right. best player at, at Miami. Right. He was better at UCF when he went there before transferring. Right. He had
1: more production there the he had year more production before there under,
0: they say better coaching. So, um, and he has more experience. So that is where they thought that Florida state would, uh, would go after more because this is going to be a very young room next year. And they thought they would bring in a veteran and maybe he is that veteran. Sertan's like, you were going to be the guy that kind of, you're going to be the calming veteran leadership that we need Um, because I know you and I can trust you to be kind of my ears and my eyes and my, my, you know, my leader in that room. And Earl Little is, like you said, that talented guy that's been in the DB room at Alabama, trained up and can be that future star in that room. Or like you said, rotate in. If there is injury, be the guy that steps up. So. You kind of see the mix of methodologies. We need a leader in that room, another leader in that room, because you lost three of them. You get a veteran in there. He may not be the all-ACC kid, but he could – sometimes you just need a guy that can be a voice, be a voice of the coach. And, and Sertan knows Devontae Brown and knows what who he is and what he is. may not be an all-ACC selection, but can be a leader in that room even if he's not starting and you have a potential high ceiling kid. But well, let's old.
1: remember, let's remember, too, that a lot of these defensive backs, secondary guys play on special teams as yeah. well. Because okay? they I have know, the motor, a yeah. they have them, and, and you can see it when they came over from Alabama, a lot of their bio, their resume is special teams. Yeah. And, and a lot of these guys, when you go to the next level, the NFL, a lot of these guys make a team their ability to play on special teams so these guys want to play on special teams so if they're not starting but they're in the rotation then they can go out and make their name on special teams as well so you're bringing some of these guys in to do that for you because special teams win and lose games we know that
0: absolutely no that's that's a yeah. great point and and we know we know mike Norfell likes to put he's not afraid to put starters on special teams either if, no. he, if he he puts the most talented kids on special teams because he believes in right special teams wins games and often does so exactly you're totally right you're totally right and that's exactly. one of the reasons also why they brought in Jaden lucas because he's he was an all yeah big 10 i believe a uh, special teams player in, in at indiana so that's right. a good point right. um so yeah i mean just to wrap up that segment in terms yeah. of who they brought in i, I think we we talked about it. You know, they're not just building for you know this season. You're seeing a mix of the instant impact players like DJ and, and some of these you know some of these guys, but you're you're seeing that they are very much building for 2025 and 2026. They they Mike Carvel seen the bigger picture here and that you know you just had your first really high blue chip class in high school this past season or this this current season this current signing class, and now you've raised it to. You know, you just signed now with the transfers in. It's almost seventy percent blue chip players, and I think that you know the Alabama news really helped you in that and and really raising that floor uh, of talent. But he sees an opening now, and he sees the momentum that they have. You know, you know numbers. You know, number five, number six team in the country, undefeated. He sees the momentum. He's grasping it, and he's really, really building the future and raising. Because if he believes that after DJ, you know, Luke, Luke or Blake are going to be your next quarterback. He sees the future of building talent in the defensive back room, the offensive line, the receiver room, the running back room. He's seen the vision for this and bringing in young players and developing them so that when it's the next guy's time to come and step in, those guys are ready to play. And I like that vision. I like that thinking. of Not just well, you're going always
1: for- playing for the next year. It's chess. you're not it's only chess. playing for the 24, but you're thinking I'm got to get ready for 25. You you yeah. don't
0: you know what I'm saying? Especially when you know that. You know, you can't be afraid because some of these guys will come and go. But if you build up enough talent at these positions, like we just talked about with, you know, with the running back room, receiving room, the offensive line room, you know, you won't be afraid to lose a couple of guys because you know that either you'll be signing them in high school or you you've already transferred enough guys in that if losing two or three of them won't hurt you. So so that's right. right.
1: You know what? But as a coach, too, and Norvell knows he must sleep better at night that he understands the portal. He's been very effective with the portal and he knows the portal can kind of bail him out on yeah. plug and play if he needs it. Because it's rare that a high school guy is going to come in to play meaningful stats. I don't care if he's a four or a five star guy to play meaningful stats that you can go out, get a guy that's been in a program for two years. Even if he hasn't played much, he's trained hard, he's practiced hard, he's competed hard. And you can't find that type of guy only in high school. You, no. you, so well, he knows he knows you could be bailed out,
0: but you can. But I would argue it's that, hard. We, I would argue we, that you will get more hits from high school than you will from the portal. That if you are recruiting at the highest level, you will be able to recruit and keep your most impactful players more often than not.
1: Well, we're gonna find that out if your theory is correct with. A guy like Hakeem Williams or a guy like Julian uh, Amelo. He's been in the system three years. You know what I mean? We've got to see if these guys are going to hit. But what my suggestion is, if you're coming up a little short, which we've debated about the high school recruiting, like on the defensive line, the portal is there. What if you didn't have a portal and you're not a good recruiter in high school?
0: Then you wouldn't have a job. Well, yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. So they use this portal almost as a crutch. And I don't think it's bad. I think they've had great success getting guys out of there. I'm not so concerned about missing hard. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I feel you can make up your what you're lacking through the portal. I'm a little surprised he's brought in. I have 14 guys at this point. I may not have that number right. That's a lot, you know. That and they're at Spring. You don't think he's going to go out and find a couple more guys?
0: I well, I think guys will leave. Yeah, because I think guys will are leave under, too. A scholarship limitation too because of the the penalty. So. You know,
1: let me let me bring this up too. Seminoles.com. Tell yeah. me if I'm right or wrong. That's the official site, the official roster for Florida State from what I've seen it has everything except whether a guy's on scholarship or not i can't tell if a guy's on scholarship i can't tell if a guy's on a full or partial i can't tell if a guy is a preferred walk on or a walk on or you know this type of thing maybe there's a reason for that i don't know but i this guys on that list who i looked at how much they played at all okay and, and and they haven't played. Some of these guys are legacy guys. I get it. I get it. Okay. And, and I love the legacy guys. Peter Warwick Jr. Hasn't really found the field much. Out. Okay. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is The question is, who's taking a scholarship that they need to say, you need to go find somewhere else? Because if you keep bringing in... You know, the, I I can't imagine they're Trust not going to find a, a guy couple that's guys not in the playing spring for
0: long. Isn't going to have a scholarship on the team. Yeah, in this day and age, a guy right. that's not contributing right. for long isn't right. going to have a. Scholarship. If you're
1: a walk on, you can stay. You can play on or the they scout get a team. Walk
0: on status. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk. Well, about they that just the
1: got second. a quarterback as a. Preferred okay, that, but that,
0: before I go to that, we were talking yeah. about draft, you know, high school recruitment versus transfers, and I want right. to bring up this because I thought it was interesting. Goes to my point. Right, in that looking through an NFL first round draft, which impactful full players go in the first round, 26 1st rounders not are not transfer players in the latest mock draft for the NFL.
1: They're developed. Do you find
0: that surprising or not surprising?
1: I found it kind of surprising when I read that earlier this week.
0: I, you know, and I think that speaks to my point in that. If you if you high, if you recruit at the high school level at, at an elite level a top five level like a Georgia like an Alabama did like an Ohio State did that you can that you will retain your best talent because those players will make an impact early enough that they will not want to leave they will not leave because they will contribute early they will stay and you will get you will realize their impact you know you will feel their impact and they they will not go anywhere but that that's where I'm talking about you getting blue ship recruits who you realize are talented enough that will make an impact on your team. Really. Well, That's don't you think,
1: think we're getting there? We're kind of now oh, yeah. getting to the four level. You know, we're really striking yeah. hard and, like, and think, harvesting four I mean, fours. You know, yeah, I,
0: you know. hundred percent. I don't think, I think we're starting to get there. I don't think we, you know, we haven't got we haven't been there in a while where we felt the impact of a red shirt freshman or in a while, right? I, the last guy, I feel like that was like Jameis Winston where, you know he was you know red shirt of the year and then he came in and he lit the world on fire, right? You don't get many of those type players, but sometimes you know certain programs do. You seem like they get a lot of young guys who are starting as shirt freshmen or you know uh you know uh just true freshmen at right. different positions not core right. but different right. positions. We haven't had a lot of those recently just because of what we've been recruiting, but with this latest class where you have like Camp Davis and, you know, uh, Charles Les, these type of players that you're bringing in, I think you will get more of those guys that you retain longer because they make impacts faster. Okay. So let's really
1: transition. Fun. Let's transition into stability of the coaching staff and stability of your head coach. This is a good time to transition because you cannot get that type of recruiting out of the high school ranks, which we believe is important, unless you have that stability. Okay, because then you're always kind of rebuilding the coaching staff. Guy, we've seen we've seen the bailout at, at Alabama, whether it's because Saban retired, or if it was another coach. You know what I mean? That people bail out in this new era. That There's no loyalty. There's no, basically, God, I want to go to Florida State my whole life, and I wanted to be a Seminole. It's, you know, I'll go in a minute. So what we're saying is, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. The retention of Norvell, uh, and we could sit here and debate whether he was high on the list to go to Alabama or he wasn't. I don't think he he was that high on the list, to be honest. That's my honest opinion. That's no rip on Coach Norvell. I think it was the agent Sexton, who has a lot of these guys, was playing the way he should play. And that's a business approach to this, floating stuff out there, uh, and so on and so on. And it was leveraged for more money for Coach Mike Norvell. And and it's good for the program, but it's gonna, you know, it costs more money to keep this guy. So we don't know what the final figures were. It's 10 plus mil, whatever. But what it does, you can see what it does, it allows you to stabilize your program increase your recruiting, either through portal or through the high school ranks, and and it gives you that stability for the next few years. But let's say this, if, and this is what I think is a big deal and we're gonna lead to it right now, you might have a comment on that and then we'll lead to it. To me, the number one issue for this Florida State football program is departure out of the ACC. I'm not gonna let up on that. I put this out on Twitter all the time, that you they must get out. Because if you don't, you're going to lose a coach like Norvell. You're going to lose players in NIL going out because you can't compete money-wise. We've talked about that. We don't need to go through that. Now, do you have any comments about Norvell staying versus leaving? What your feelings were about that? before we jump into what the latest is on this ACC lawsuit?
0: Yeah, well, well now... Mike Nardell is a top five paid coach. Um, and I think with that comes the expectations too. So there's expectations now that you, I think always, will, you know, you're always going to the ACC championship. You know, you, you are being paid alongside Lincoln Riley, Dabo Sweeney, and Kirby Smart. Two of those coaches, two of those coaches have national championships, multiple national championships. Um, and I think, you know, you have to understand that when you take that kind of money, you need to accept those type of expectations, you know? And I, and I, and I think that, you know, we have to be consistently putting that bar up next to him. And I think also you have to recruit at that level of that money and, and that prestige that comes with that. So, you know, we, we need to win 10 games, 11 games next you – no, know, 11, 12 games next year, right, to get to, uh, to uh, an ACC title, to get to the playoffs. I, I think anything below the ACC title next year is a failure, and he needs to I help don't. that standard. I don't. Oh, then don't, the don't make time it, in the – no, 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 load. no.
1: Here's what I think. You could lose the ACC title, but you better be damn good enough to get into the playoffs, even if you're in second place you're not. and you That's lose. Not happen, you though. lose. Well, I, I I don't know if you're, it's not, playing, happen you're or not playing. The,
0: okay. You're not playing the. You're not playing in elite schedule. So what, you know, you know I, what I'm
1: saying is, when you're one of the top five paid coaches in the league, okay, you need to you need to, to make left. the playoffs every year. Exactly every, every year. year.
0: Winning the ACC title is the only way that Florida. Well, that play.
1: guarantees you in KB, it doesn't mean a second place ACC. There's nothing that says a second They're place not ACC. Going to. Okay, well that's
0: there's yeah, nothing that guarantees that they that's will. That's your though. opinion. There's okay. nothing that guarantees that a second place ACC team. I'm not gets saying to the it does either.
1: I'm not saying it does guarantee anything. What I'm saying is, Coach Norvell needs to ensure that he makes the playoffs. Because when you're making this kind of money, you brought in all these players. Failure to make that, the fan base is going to ask more questions.
0: Yeah, as they should. As
1: they should. We can't keep using excuses and explanations, which you could get by with when there was only four teams. Well, we had injuries or we had a young team you've got to play around that or if dju unfortunately has an injury for two or three key games your other you've got to work your second quarterback enough you've got to give them enough work so they're ready to go we can't have excuses when you're making this kind of money your football team has to have next man up like we did in 23 next man up and play through it But I feel the pressure is you got to make the playoffs. If you finish second, you better find a way to get finish second in the ACC. You better get into that playoff. I don't know how the hell you would do it, but you better be there.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. Well, you could
1: potentially go to the ACC championship game uh, undefeated, lose to, uh, I don't know, let's pick one, Louisville, uh, who's lost two games but they're in second place, lose to them, have one loss by a field goal and you could make it to the playoffs. Sure, you could.
0: Now, the, now with Florida State's good. Well, right? you
1: feel there's a conspiracy against the ACC and Florida State, and there's no way now. Correct.
0: I think the conspiracy has been proven. I, I don't. I don't think there is. Uh, I don't. I'm not thinking there is. I think it's been proven at this point, but. And I just don't think and I don't State's disagree with that. I don't, I don't disagree all, with that. Also, Florida State's schedule doesn't look tough enough next year. I think they'll maybe have uh, two ranked teams on their schedule next year. Two or three, maybe. Notre Dame's gonna be Notre Dame and Clemson will be their toughest games next year.
1: They'll be in the top twenty. Yeah. Uh, so
0: I they, they don't have enough room for mistakes next year. That that's my thing. If they were playing the Big Ten, it'd be different. But the, AC, the ACC does not give them enough room for error. They have to win the ACC. It's
1: going to be interesting. But I, like I say, Mike Norvell's pressure now has got to make playoffs.
0: Yeah, you get sure. paid. You get paid. You you've got to you got score. to.
1: And you've got to take the criticism that comes with it. There is, let's say it, let's face it, the Florida State fan base is great, and they're very very good. But what they tend to do is they they do a lot of hugging and a lot of kissing. Of, of 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 the team and I get that I get that we're all for it there's no one been around the team much longer than I have and 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 we're all fans of this team we're all fans of the players we're all a big family I get all of that but when the when the reality says there's things going wrong you have to admit what the reality is so there's big hopes for this and Mike Norvell does take on more pressure when you take on more money, period. Period. So let me transition into what's going on with the lawsuit, because now and then I do post up how many days it's been, uh, you know, since the lawsuit started, which I have the start date is December the 22nd. And I'm going to read through a little bit of this, but not a lot. Here's what the latest is. There's jockeying on both sides, the ACC and FSU. Okay. And that's what happens in a lawsuit, There's jockeying that goes back and forth between the the law teams, okay? Uh, And that's what's going on. Now, the biggest thing is the ACC, and I'm not a lawyer, I don't pretend to be an expert in this, so everybody can go out and read the articles themselves. But the bottom line is the ACC filed what they call a declaratory judgment. Now, a declaratory judgment is an amendment to the original lawsuit. And in this declaratory judgment, they're basically asking the court, okay? Now, because they filed in North Carolina, Florida State filed in Florida. So wherever the hell that is all going is up in the air. But they filed an amendment to the original lawsuit, KB, that is basically asking the court, okay, to define some of the rules in this thing of what can happen uh, and what the, what the rights of one side is. They're asking, and I'm going to quote from this article that I have here, they're asking that FSU not be allowed to conduct business as usual in the ACC world. Basically meaning they think the ACC believes FSU because of their lawsuits they should not be allowed into basic business meetings with the ACC, okay, to basically lock them outside of a meeting. It would be like you at your company, they say you're no longer invited to come in to the company business, right? Yeah. So, and and part of this is they are suggesting to the court that because of the lawsuit brought by Florida State it's not right for them to sit in there and one of their allegations was Florida State leaked out financial information that they that the ACC felt was closed hold and they violated the rules of leaking out that revenue information okay so the league is seeking this declaratory judgment that it's grants of rights media are valid and enforceable contracts and that florida state does not have the right to just on their own anytime they want to say we want out that they signed these agreements twice okay and ratified them twice and that they can't just leave anytime they want and also now the league is also seeking damages financial damages for alleged violations of the bylaws, okay, of leaking information. Now, when you're seeking financial damages, you're talking millions of dollars, not hundreds, not thousands, you know, and and that's a big problem, potentially. Now, yeah, they said in their argument, this, this, the current declaratory judgment, FSU is violating an agreement. League members signed twice the grant of rights and it's irrevocable. So they're saying that and they feel they breach duty as a league member and should be excluded from ACC business. So that's kind of where we are now and that happened in the past week. So there's a lot of jockeying going on. There's a lot of you know, allegations being thrown out. I, I am waiting for what they call discovery motions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, courts and judges, they like to see both sides work it out. No judge wants any type of argument before him. They, the first thing a judge will always ask is, why couldn't you guys work this out? What is it? Because now you're asking me to work it out. That's kind of you know the uh, how a thing goes like this. I don't care what kind of t- case it is in yeah. civil law. But right now, I'm waiting for when discovery starts. When discovery starts, that's when each side can ask the other. Florida State can ask for certain things, documents, depositions about these types of contracts and all that, and that will be explosive.
0: Yeah. Great.
1: So that's kind of where we are. I'm not going to bore everybody with all this legal stuff, but I am saying again, this is the most important issue for the Florida State athletic program and Florida State University. They are not going to back down at this point. If they win this, they'll or get a settlement. Okay. I don't think it's going to go to court. I think it's going to get settled between the two parties. It will cost Florida State some money. But if it went to court and Florida State won, then they could ask for damages from the ACC and to pay the legal fees. If Florida State were to lose in a court trial or before a judge, then they could be held liable for millions of dollars as well. So that's kind of where we're at. And this will play out for a while, but I, I like following it. I try to follow it as closely as I can. There's a few people on Twitter following it, but it's it's very interesting to see where this is going to go. Cool, awesome,
0: yeah. Because
1: I, you and I both know, without departure from here, financially, Florida State won't be able to survive and compete in the me- to, to the mega conferences. Oh yeah, I, I,
0: I just know we need to get out. I'm not smart enough to know the legalese and and crap like that. So I'll let the the lawyers and Twitter figure that out and inform me what it means. But I think we all know it needs to happen faster, sooner rather than later. And if it doesn't Florida state will, will no longer be relevant in college football. So uh, in all sports, not just college football, all sports. So, um, so yeah, thank you for that breakdown. And and, and, uh, and one other comment.
1: Yeah. DJ Ferg here says Florida, Florida state of Florida, has some of the strongest sunshine laws in the country, meaning that a lot of things that go on have to be transparent. Yeah. So that is also going to play into some of this.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how Clemson approaches this, because they're, I think they're right behind. They want to see what happens with Florida State and, and how Florida State works it out with the ACC before they make a, a real aggressive move. Because once again, Florida State's in a better position being the state of Florida versus you know Clemson being South Carolina, I believe, uh, in terms of I don't know their laws, but like that—that's a great point. So I think Clemson's kind of in the wings, waiting to see what, how Florida State, what happens with them in the ACC before they make a, a very aggressive move on this. Um, and obviously, I think they're hoping for the best with Florida State because they want to get out too. Um, it, it'll be interesting. So I, that's a really, really good point.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen. Now I've had a few technical. Uh, things on my end what the hell's going on I don't know weather or whatever but uh, uh, we're still speaking I think
0: <laughs> yeah awesome okay. alright um. uh, well thank you guys we appreciate it uh, so we're going to let you go so have a great weekend enjoy the snow if you have it uh, stay safe out there and uh, the old man if he unfreezes uh, <laughs> he'll probably be <laughs> saying goodbye too have a great weekend guys enjoy All yourself right. goodbye Peace guys goodbye enjoy NFL weekend. Have a great one, y'all. Stay safe. Stay
1: safe.